What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Bleacher Talk podcast. Um, sorry we've been out for a couple weeks. Um, Where do we go, Josh? We we actually kind of took a uh, unexpected break. Um, I am the one with children. Uh, school started. I have two boys uh, that started pre-K and second grade this year. So I, I'm kind of playing Mr. Mom. I'm dropping the kids off, picking them up from school every year because um, my life schedule. So how sweet! It's pretty awesome, actually. I'm I'm actually really enjoying it. So yeah, sorry we took such a long break. Sorry guys that I had to be out for for a while. But um, I think after today's uh, episode, especially since college football started back up, that we will uh, we'll kick things back off on a regular weekly basis. Um, so thank you guys for being patient with us and, and sticking with us. Uh, we have a pretty good episode. Uh, um, we are recording this intro about a week before the Auburn-Oregon game, so I'm just going to go ahead and make my prediction. I'm going to say <laughs> Bo Nix throws the game-winning game touchdown. Game-winning 27-21 is my prediction. Left on the yeah. Game. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, say Joey Gatewood comes in the second <laughs> quarter and they put up 47 on him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we talk a good bit about the Auburn-Oregon game. We kind of touch a little bit about everything in the – NCAA, um, you know, talk about some of the the bigger matchups uh, from this past week. Uh, also, kind of look ahead a little bit to next week. Um, so it's a it's a very uh, full NCAA field um, uh, episode, and I feel like probably going forward, unless something big happens. I feel like most of our episodes will probably be about college football. We're well, really going to. What do you expect? Yeah, we're really going to be. Uh, Living up to our name, Bleacher I, Talk. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would really, maybe at some point in the distant future, now that we're about a month away from Major League Baseball playoffs, we might maybe touch on a little bit of MLB. But you know what? There's actually going to be a week where I'm going to be gone all week. Y'all can do, you t- y'all take that whole week and talk about <laughs> MLB, bro. I mean, just talk it away. <laughs> So, uh, so Dylan will be out. Maybe we'll see. We'll we'll just kind of see where things go. We might jump back to video games at some point. With, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get. We'll maybe do three or four episodes of football, and then we'll get bored. We'll have to. We'll have to do something. Yeah, else. there will be you know that weekend where nothing's really happening by weeks for Alabama, Auburn, that kind of thing. So, so we'll you know we won't make any specific plans, but we'll kind of you know keep it the way it is. Uh, but hope you guys enjoy this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe uh, and share it with your family, friends. Uh, employees, coworkers, inmates—you know everybody that you know. 
uh, we would really enjoy uh, if you would share it because because uh, we want people to, to listen to us. You know, it's kind of cool. I just want everybody to go ahead and know now that Jacob Eason is going to lead the Washington Huskies to the playoffs. I'm calling right. it right we're, now. We're right now, bro. That's my underdog. That's I called it on this podcast. Enjoy I've, this episode. I've already edited the, that out. So <laughs> no one's going to hear that. Nobody, just nobody heard Auburn's that. going seven and five. All right. Okay, now it's really out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy the episode. Here we go. So Oregon got snubbed. I don't know. I think that they did they swap positions with Auburn. Yeah, Auburn was no. sixteen. Auburn was sixteen. Now they're sixteen, and, and we're ten. Oregon and they was were 11. eleven. Yeah, they just they basically just swap positions, and Auburn got the the well, better of it. Oregon is better than Penn State, Utah, and Washington. I don't well, care how you feel about yeah. Jacob. Well, I think Dylan was right. He made that comment earlier about Utah. That they're kind of the dark horse of the, well, the media is trying to make them out to yeah, be the dark they're trying horse to make the them to be the sleeper team. NCAA. I've and got it, my own sleeper team. Are they in the Pac-12? Mm-hmm. So Oregon was kind of like that Pac-12 baby, like they were the one that was supposed to, if they beat Auburn, then they were going to run the table because their their uh, schedule is complete trash. Right. So they were kind of like the Pac-12s way into the playoffs. Do you think if they still went out, they got a chance? No, no, absolutely not. I think that the, Auburn could have lost that game and could have very easily made it back into the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Oregon, it was. All, I, I feel like that that may have been a season ender because <laughs> what, what, what other game is Oregon going to be able to prove themselves? In nobody. There. I mean, literally. Well, the thing is, is like the Pac-12 is so down now that uh, one lost Pac-12 champion getting left out of the playoffs. Yes, it's happened. All. I mean. They haven't been in the playoffs since, what, 2014? Who got in? Oregon was in in 2014 because they played. They they made it to the championship game. And then got smacked. Washington made it. We beat Washington. Yeah. That was in 2017. Alabama played Washington? Yeah. Yeah, in In the the semifinals. semifinals. Uh, Jalen's first year when we lost to Clemson at the very end. Yeah, to Hunter Renfro's. Yeah. So, this is um, Oregon's remaining schedule. Unranked Nevada, unranked Montana, Stanford, who is number 23 right now, which I think they'll get beat before then, Uh, unranked California, unranked Colorado, Washington, who's number 14, Washington State, who's number 22, USC, who's unranked and just lost their quarterback for the year, unranked Arizona, unranked Arizona State, unranked Oregon State, who got lambasted in the first night, first week. So – I mean, Oregon only had one chance. Their marquee games for the rest of the season are Stanford and Washington, and maybe Washington State. Just Stanford sucks. Stanford Stanford will be beat before that game even comes in, so that'll be an unranked game. Washington is in the mm-hmm. Big Ten. No, they're in the, Washington. They're in the Pac-12. Pac-12. Oh, the, are they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then, what if they go undefeated? That they're Let's sitting not at jump f- ahead. They're sitting at number fourteen right now, so they're. I mean, and their schedule's trash too. That's what they were saying. Is like the Pac twelve right now because they're down. Like USC is down. 
Um, who else were they kind of talking about in the Pac-12? UCLA, are they in the Pac-12? Mm, yeah, but they're trash. But they're trash. So, like, your, your normal Pac-12 teams, besides Oregon, are kind of down this year. Your Stanford, UCLA, USC. Well, out of all the conferences, it's the SEC and the ACC. And, and the Big Ten. The Big Ten. Yeah. Big 12? Big 12, yeah. Big 12. I mean, yeah, they won't get in. But you, the thing is, is like this year, the way it's kind of set up is that Oregon was that shot. Oregon was the Pac-12 shot of getting into the championship. I mean, it, you know, we'll see. crazy things could happen. We'll Teams see. could get beat. They could work if they continue to win. But they're sitting at 16 now. You think that's at least 12 other teams ahead of them that are probably going to have to get beat by worse ranked opponents. Like, you know, if Auburn goes undefeated and then gets beat by Alabama at the end of the year, not, they're not going to drop them behind Oregon. You know, like, I mean, it's... Oh, Oregon's done. That yeah. Or if Auburn turns out really good, then Oregon's case will go up because they, they got beat undefeated. by a good team. Yeah. But what also... Okay. Scenario. Alabama and Auburn are both undefeated by the Iron Bowl. All right. Winner goes to the SEC championship game and beats Georgia. Okay, let's take Auburn for instance. Say, say Bama won, goes on and beats Georgia. Auburn's only loss is to them the presumably number one or number two team in the country. It's a close game, like win yeah. by one point. There's no way they're going to put Oregon in over Auburn because no, Auburn already beat them. Not. Mm-hmm. Certainly not. Yeah, I think. I mean, and it's a it's a long. We have a long way to go. I mean, we're just out of week one, but I, I think it's a safe bet to say the Pac-12 is out. We'll see. He's a big Washington fan this Washington's year. Washington's my sleeper team because they've got they still got a good defense and now they've actually got a quarterback. I never believed in Jake Browning, but I believe in Jacob Eason. I well, think he can get it done. That defense got beat by a bad Auburn team last year. Uh no. That defense that was Jake Browning. Yeah. That that defense held their own. Um, but they can only do so much because they had Jake Browning as their quarterback. But yet again, the thing that will hold Washington back is their schedule. True, but if they go undefeated and are Pac-12 undefeated champion, they're going to get in. They basically have a similar schedule to Oregon. I mean, well, who's going to come other. out? Of, who's going to come out of the Big Ten or the Big Twelve? Big, Big Ten is. is the teams up north. Big Twelve is like the Oklahoma and Texas. Is which one are you asking? Okay, so Big Ten is like Nebraska. Oklahoma is going to come out of the Big Twelve, right? <sighs> I'm just trying to say because if you if you're thinking college. Washington is going to get in, there's still like. But More undefeated champion conference champions, well, ch- champions that are going to get in over them. Well, but I mean, if you had one from the SEC, one from the Big Ten, one from the Big Twelve, one from the Pac Twelve, that's a team apiece. Uh, okay, the same scenario. If Auburn lost to Bama, even with the schedule they played, if they had a one loss, they're not going to get in over an undefeated Washington Pac Twelve champion. Auburn's not going to. They would not because same situation happened. Uh, in the Big Ten, well, they're not gonna—they're not gonna allow what happened two years ago with Alabama and Georgia again. Right, and last year, for instance, Ohio State played uh, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. If and no, maybe it was Wisconsin. I can't remember. Whoever they played, uh, Wisconsin. If it was Wisconsin, Wisconsin was not one of the four best teams. No, but Clemson they were, played Wisconsin. 
Alabama played. No, no, no. no. I'm saying in the Big Ten championship. Oh, the Big game. Ten championship. Yeah, that's what it was. They played, and Wisconsin, if they would have won, would have been undefeated. But everybody knew they were not one of the best teams. Yeah, but it that was, was the controversy. If they would have won that game, because they were sitting at number what was it? Number they five? were number four. Or they, they were, were number. They four. were number four because they were undefeated. And Ohio State was sitting behind them. Yeah, Ohio State was probably not going to make it in because they had that bad loss to Purdue. Yeah. So, but if Wisconsin would have won, the committee would have had no choice but to put them in. Even if they truly didn't think they were one of the four best teams, you can't leave out a Big Ten undefeated champion. Right. But Same then thing. they ended up getting beat. Yeah, it all so took care it, of itself. So, it kind of took care of itself. What I'm cool. saying is even if Auburn is presumably better than Washington, if Auburn were to lose the Iron Bowl and Washington would be, were to be undefeated and a Pac-12 champion, Washington's going to get in over Auburn. But look at the resume. If Auburn was to go undefeated, that's – like they well, would you, have to beat six of the top. 15 well, you would teams. have to kind of see where they are at that point because if Clemson's undefeated, they're going to stay at number one. If Alabama's no undefeated, they're going to stay at number two. If Ohio State's undefeated, they're going to stay at number three. So your best case scenario for Auburn is that they could probably inch themselves into the number four, maybe the number five spot if the current number four team is still undefeated at that point. If we go in, if Auburn goes into the Iron Bowl undefeated, we would be top three. I don't think so. No it, doubt, unless, we would jump some. We would jump Ohio State unless one of those other teams had been beat. Even if they hadn't been beat, we would have had to jump somebody because they're not. Because I mean, in the one of the main reasons why I say I I believe they should be, but the one of the main reasons why I say that they wouldn't be is because if going into the Iron Bowl, Auburn and Alabama are number two and number three, and then say Auburn wins, how far are you going to drop Bama, number three? number four maybe so then you could set up a potential playoff with two sec teams in it again well what would really help because obviously we all want to see alabama and auburn in the playoffs what would help is if clemson got beat uh against texas a&m uh, here's the thing or ohio state I gets think, beat if I just one if of those guys safe if you were to go to the bank now and put a safe bet on a team not losing it's gonna be clemson because if they get past this week there ain't nobody no Unless they just flub up like they did, like they almost did last year with Syracuse. Yeah, they always have that one game where they should, you know, it's a lot closer. But their schedule favors them after this weekend. Yeah. And I don't think that they should have a, I don't think they'll have a problem. Well, they played Texas A&M last year too, right? Yeah, and it was close. Yeah, it was very close. There's no way A&M's going to go in there wanting to win. Problem is A&M had home field advantage. It's tough to go into Clemson. But, I mean, we're talking so far ahead. But And also, it's college football. What are the what's the likelihoods that all these teams are going to be undefeated? Yeah, the, here, like, so the best thing that we're talking about right now is this is stuff that we'll talk about a lot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The more and more that the closer and closer, and that's what I love now about the playoff is that it has started all these discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, with the when we were with the BCS, the the discussion was number one and number two, and that was it. But now you've legitimately, I mean, you got four teams that are going to make it in, and you've got seven eight teams vying for those four spots well that's people's argument for a six or 18 playoff and that'll happen eventually yeah and i think there's always gonna it's the same thing you know right now they're saying you know the top four well what about five and six you know we need to move it to six or you know seven and eight then it's just going to be well let's just move it to 10 or let's move it to 12 because yeah. there's gonna be the two teams that are yeah. left out and i think that gets that's I think too much. I like eight. I think eight's good. I, there's no way I'd go more than eight. I uh, think eight either. is good. And so, yeah, and I kind of would like for them maybe the first year to go to six 
and let the number one and number two team have a bye week. Yeah. Let number five and six kind of be like a wild card right. play-in game. And then whoever home, that's wins what it, that. They, uh, it would be a home and home. home. Yeah. But in that, I like that because here's the thing. You don't take away from the significance of bowl games. Yeah. If you keep adding. And championship games. Right. If you keep adding to these. So you've already now got two extra bowl games taken away because the semifinal also counts as a bowl game. Right. So if you keep adding these playoff games, you're just taking away like there's already players that sit out bowl games now because it's yeah because they're about to go into the league. But it's one thing if if you play for Florida and you're playing against Michigan in the Chick Fil A Bowl as opposed to you know you're Florida and you're playing Cincinnati in the Tax Music bowl. City Bowl. Yeah, like it it still means more if you're in a New Year's Six yeah. bowl game. If they keep adding teams and and taking away these bowl games there will be no significance to bowl games yeah. anymore. And see, and, and the thing is, it would be set up nice because you could have, I mean, right now you've got the semifinal games on the same day. Just have the wild card the night before. Right. You know, I mean, you've got plenty of allotted time that you could just, you know, move some stuff around to fit those particular teams. And it'd be a wild card game. Be the, the number five and number six team going against each other. You allow number one and number two, well, I guess it would. You probably would actually have to play it a week early then, because you'd have to see who the matchup is and give those teams a week in advance to prepare. Yeah. So that would be kind of a cool. Like if the was it New Year's Day is when the semifinal games are. It switches. It's usually around New Year's though. So you could have this year. I think they're on the twenty eighth. Oh dang! Last year it was the twenty ninth, and I think this year they moved it back a day to the. 28th. So you could have like a potential like. Couldn't do Christmas or Christmas Eve, but maybe like the 23rd. Yeah. Or if it ends up falling after the first year, make it the 26th. So it gives – I mean, it gives – actually, it gives a lot more reason to start watching these games more, and it gives you a primetime game on another night. I mean, Christmas Day Bowl would be awesome. (laughs) I know those kids would not want to play it. They'll never do that with college football. Yeah, Yeah, the problem is is the NFL plays on Christmas Day, the NBA NBA. plays on Christmas Day. you got too much competition. Yeah. Plus – College players, they're not going to take them away from their families on Christmas Day. Yeah, these are these are kids. These yeah. ain't they're still uh, they're people not getting paid yet. Um, it's con- it's technically a holiday, so yeah. But I do like the home and home. You know, like the the higher seed gets the home field advantage yeah. deal. Uh, yeah, and and I I would like for that to maybe like be the first year or two and kind of get their feet wet with more than four teams. And then if it works out, then you start doing eight teams, and then I think that's enough. I've even heard – I was watching on ESPN where a couple of uh, analysts were saying they would like to see, even if it stayed at four teams, the semis be be a home field, home, a higher seed. Yeah. That way you take you, you give two bowl games. It's fair. Right? Yeah. It's a, if it's, you're the higher seed, you got the home field. If yeah. one and two have the home field advantage, and then the championship game is played at a neutral side, at, yeah. at, you know. Well, even if you – I would say if, if you had it at eight teams, you've got number one and number eight playing each other. Give number one home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, they deserve that for being number one. Same thing with number two. Yeah. Get them well, I, I liked advantage. what you said about the number one and two teams having a bye week because number one and number eight playing each other, that that's always going to go number one's way most of the time. Yeah. I and mean, I mean, you, you could potentially have one of those. I mean, football is so different. I mean – any one team could beat any other team on any given day because you could either have injuries or you could have turnovers or, you know, just 
random crazy stuff happen. It's a little bit different than basketball. Like a number 16 has never beaten a number one. Um, the only time it's ever happened that's come close is uh, Florida Gulf Coast was number 15, and they got through two rounds. But it's never been a 16. I think one thing that people are going to, because they already complain about it now, one thing people are going to complain about once it moves to eight is they think that the SEC bias is bad now or the S- the tired of SEC. <laughs> look at look at the end of the year, each year, how many teams are in the top ten that are SEC? We yeah. could have last a, year it was four. Eight-team yeah. uh, SEC playoffs. Pull, pull up those standings. The you have the AP standings? Yeah, you, I do. I bet you could almost guarantee each year at least three of those eight teams are going to be the SEC. Four. All right, Probably you got, four. You guys count the SEC teams. This is week two of the a- AP poll. You got Clemson. Alabama and Georgia. That's one, two, three. You got Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, Michigan, Notre Dame, Texas, Auburn, Florida, Texas A and M. And top ten. Yeah, that Auburn. No, that's 10, top eleven. So you got Florida 11. is eleven. So you got five in the top ten. Yeah, right now. Four in the top. Four 10. in the top eight. Is that right? No. Uh, well. Alabama, it was Georgia, five, LSU, four the top Florida, two. and Auburn. Three, four. Yeah. I thought he said Florida was behind uh, Auburn. Texas A&M is number 11. It, no, Florida's 11 and Texas A&M is yeah, 12. Four in the top 10. Uh, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Auburn are in the top 10. That's so funny. Yeah, you you would easily – it just opens up – and that could be a potential why they haven't opened it up to eight games because – that gives you an even greater chance of an SEC championship national well, could championship. Could you imagine the intimidation factor? Like, say, say Ohio State got matched up against LSU and LSU had the home field <clears> advantage. <throat> Ohio State going on the road at night in LSU in a playoff they game. They get destroyed. I, that's such a, that is such an advantage for a team yeah. like LSU. Same thing with Clemson, though. Yeah. Clemson's got Death Valley. The, yeah. I mean – well, I mean, I would say same thing for Auburn and Alabama. I mean, those four team, those four SEC teams, Georgia, Georgia doesn't seem to have that same home field advantage. Well, Alabama wins a lot at home. We don't really have the intimidation factor at home, though, as a, as like a crowd advantage as an Auburn or an LSU does. Yeah. It's just that we play better at home. Well, and it's the yeah. If you look at the like three of the top five worst places to play are. LSU, Clemson, and Auburn. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's just the way that their stadiums are built. It's like they feel like they're on top of you. Yeah. And they just get absolutely insane. LSU is just. There's nothing like LSU, man. LSU takes it to a whole nother yeah, level. Yeah, they're definitely number one. 2017 Auburn, Auburn crowds were something I'd never seen before. I'd never seen a, like, I'd never seen a crowd win a game before besides that Georgia game. Yeah, uh, that was when they beat Georgia and Alabama. Number, yeah, both yeah, both yeah, both of them back to back. Really, the crowds were huge factors. Yeah, yeah. Auburn certainly plays a lot better at, at home, and again, that's a huge. I think we'll probably get to that. Maybe not in this podcast, but at certainly later on in the season, Auburn's big games. Most of them are at home this year. Mm-hmm. So let's let's jump back on trap. Let's jump to the now. So, what did you guys think about week one? Any any big takeaways from any teams not named Alabama or Auburn? Well, first off, let me say this. The week zero thing is stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's so stupid. Like, they have backed it up every single year. You know, it used to be like the Thursday night football 
that was the beginning of college football. Yep. And I was I was happy about that. I liked that. It didn't it didn't even matter who was playing. Like they had some Thursday night matchups in the last couple of years that were like some pretty trash teams. Yeah. But everybody watched them because it was the first week of college football. Now you got this week zero garbage and well, and they and they did it especially this year because it's been shifted back to two bye weeks. Yeah. So those teams that played week zero didn't play this last week. Yeah. So I just uh, I don't know. But so when was the first kickoff? Uh, was it not uh, that Thursday? Florida, 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 Florida Miami, Miami was the Saturday. It was a week before the rest of the games. Yeah. They called it week zero. Week zero. Was that that wasn't the only game that day though? No, was it? no, there was a couple, was a couple other couple games. More. Just very, very small teams. Florida Miami was the headline. That was the so time. Florida Miami was on a Saturday. Was the Saturday? The Saturday. Before Clemson Georgia Tech kicked off that following Thursday. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was technically week zero. So I'm, week I'm backwards. One. I thought it was. I thought it was on a Thursday. No, I watched that game. I can't remember when I watched yeah, it. it was a, well, it was such a trash game that nobody really wants to remember it. You yeah. know, there wasn't a lot of. I went back and watched a good bit of highlights. The only really interesting game this week one was the Auburn Oregon game. That uh, was pretty much it. I mean, it was really kind of the marquee matchup week. I mean, because Clemson Georgia Tech, eh? You know, I mean, not really a big people big, watched just because it was Clemson. It was Clemson. Ohio State, you know, I mean. Yeah. Um, the game last night was a good game. I just didn't find it interesting. Uh, I just thought that I, I – Which one? The Notre Dame. Oh, Louisville yeah, Notre Dame. Louisville. When I'm sitting there game. watching and I see some of these teams, and the problem that I have with Notre Dame is that Notre Dame will probably – which they don't have an easy schedule. They play Georgia in a couple of weeks, and they're probably going to get absolutely routed. I hope so. But when I sit and watch a game and I'm like, these two teams will probably lose four or five games this year. Well, you know, the – and I hate to – Notre Dame? I don't want to jump off into a tangent about Notre wow. Dame. But, you know, they're still the only non-conference team out there. And it's like the media, like, I don't know why they love Notre Dame so much. I don't know if it's because they're Catholic or is what. Is it because that movie or whatever? It's just a Rudy. History. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it is a, a traditional – I think they're – are they not the winningest school or is that the, Michigan? Michigan – I think Michigan is now the winningest school. It was program. either Michigan or Notre, or Notre Dame were but the winningest schools. But they're up there. Yeah. Notre Dame is just – it. they're iconic. Yeah. Notre it's Dame is a brand. It's like iconic it's like brand. Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, Texas. Yeah. These are just – USC, just, just huge names. You think about teams that have been around winning championships for the last hundred years. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame doesn't even have – Half as many championships as Alabama, though, do they? They won a lot in the early they days. Won a bunch. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, like in the twenties, thirties, and forties, they won a lot. But they also—that was also a lot of the claiming national championships, all that kind of stuff. Bama did a lot of those too. Yeah, they did. But so we won five of the last ten this year when they count. But every year, all you have to say is put Notre Dame in the SEC. They'll lose five games. Easy. In the SEC, I mean, they'll lose all of their games. They, yeah, I mean they they might not they they might beat a Mississippi or Ole Miss. You know they could beat State. Arkansas. They could beat Tennessee. God help us all. But but anyway, so I, I don't want to get on a tangent on Notre Dame. But as far as week one, I thought it was pretty good. I you Dylan, you and I kind of talked about how I like how they have spread out the key market marquee games. So that way, week two is not such a lull. Right. Like the last couple of years, week two has been such a 
lull weekend, like so boring. Yeah, you you get the big games in week one, and then you got to kind of wait until conference play. Starts and then like to the get big game again. week two, like a Saturday night, would have been like a Notre Dame and a Louisville, yeah, which is not really a big game. Uh, uh, and I would say that there's probably going to be more interesting games this week than there were last week because oh, I, think, yeah. I think both yeah. of the primetime games are going to be huge. Yeah, I think uh, – This weekend? Yes. Oh, I think, yeah. honestly, Auburn and Oregon really was the only big game yeah. this past week. As far as, like, under the spotlight, it being in Jerry World, you know, two top 25 teams, you know, that kind of thing. But every other the, game – This was the only game that I think would have pulled other people besides – the, the, two the two teams on yeah, fans. I, I would be curious to see what the ratings were for that game because I feel like that they would be extremely high because it was a Saturday night, 6.30, 7.30 Eastern time game in Jerry World. Like, it's the absolute primetime game of the week. And of, and it was, I mean, college game day was there. Like, it was, you know, that was the matchup. And it lived up to the hype. Like, yeah. it ended up being the absolute best game of the week. So, but yeah, I, I thought week one was pretty good. I mean, it was, you know, you kind of have to give and take. Alabama destroys Duke, you know, like even though Duke kind of gave them a little bit of a run there at the beginning. But um, I think the my biggest takeaway was how trash the SEC was this week as far as those bottom tier Tennessee, teams. Tennessee, Missouri, and Ole Miss all losing to – yeah, Trash and teams. I, I kind of give Ole Miss a pass because they were actually favored to lose that game. Memphis is actually a pretty good team. I don't think they're a great team, but I think they're better than Ole Miss. Tennessee should not have lost. Georgia State, I mean, seriously, come on. Missouri lost to Wyoming. That should not have happened either. I mean, you've got – you it, know, the funny thing is I think that I read that uh, Tennessee gave Georgia State $950,000 for that yeah. game. And they get beat. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I, I love those stories. I those are too. so cool. The thing about the thing about Missouri that was just crazy is because I was listening to uh, Jocks. Shout out to Jocks. Yeah, uh, I was listening to them like the week of kickoff, and they were saying like, I can't remember which one it was, but they were saying like, Missouri could actually be a sleeper team in the East this year with Kelly Bryant coming in, and and uh, well, I sure they're glad they didn't put money on that quote because well and you know if you look at the final score you think oh my gosh they got it was it 37 to 31 or something I don't like that what the final score of that game was it was like a touchdown basically but and then like i thought man what happened kelly bryant must have busted that joker threw for 400 yards i mean he had a good game yep. he didn't really turn the ball over that much it's just they couldn't score i mean yeah they scored 31 but then Couldn't score when it mattered, obviously. Yet again, their defense is absolute trash. Yeah. And has been for the last several years. Let's not Going, forget that earlier in this decade they went to two SEC championships. And got absolutely murdered. And got hammered, but they they went. Yeah. Both time I mean Going all the way back to the what was it the first year that they were in the SEC they went to the SEC championship. They played the twenty thirteen Auburn team. Twenty thirteen. And they got absolutely roped. Mm-hmm. I mean they have never well, been no, able I, to put would, together a good defense. I wouldn't defense. say that because they gave us a good game. We ended up winning by like 20 points, but it was a good game. Like but that was when quarters. Trey Mason had over 300 yards of rush. I yeah. mean, it was – Yeah. Their defense was just trash. Their offense kept them alive that mm, year. They yeah. had an incredible offense, but they had an equally terrible defense. And that's the thing. They've never been – um, Missouri has kind of stayed on that track of like – we're going to be one of these Big 12 teams 
that's going to come in and play offense and not worry about defense and that gets them beat and so, they're never going to be relevant until they fix that um and i'll and i'll like their coach because their name his name's barry odom yeah. <laughs> i mean he's probably our cousin <laughs> I like barry. he was at the cookout yesterday <laughs> good to see old barry and miss odom yeah um so let's go around to the teams the other top teams so clemson y'all watch clemson yeah uh get bored not yeah. impressed they, trevor lawrence didn't look great I mean, honestly, I'm yeah. very impressed with the running back. Trevor Etienne, Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne is, is a, a monster. Yes, um, he is a. I think he should be probably up there for Heisman this year. I, I'm really not concerned win, with, with them as far as them losing a game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, that doesn't really bother me. I think he's still gonna have a fine season. And yeah. once it was kind of like uh, the year, like the year that Clemson actually won the championship the first time with Deshaun, Deshaun kind of came out and didn't look great a lot of the year. Like, he just looked average. But when the lights came on and the games really counted, yeah. he was still money. Well, Trevor was like that last year. I mean, yeah. against Alabama in the national championship game, he looked like a – he didn't look like a freshman, right. that's for sure. He looked like a um, – he's been doing it for a long time. So, I think you're right. I mean – a lot of times you have a tendency to overlook these teams yeah. because they're not an Alabama, they're not a you know big time marquee matchup. But I think them, I think Clemson will be fine Th- this weekend. Will be a test, yeah, big time for them. Georgia, what did, you, did anybody see? Yeah, Georgia. Um, from Georgia looked weak. There, here's the thing. Kinda. Here's the thing with Georgia. They've still got Swift at running back, and he still made plays. Yeah, they Swift, got from. Yeah. Um, the thing with the problem with Georgia and it, it showed is that they lost all of their playmakers at receiver. Yeah, that's and what I was going to say. They're replacing everybody. Their receiving core took a hit yeah. from last year to this year because their receiving core last year was next to Bama, probably one of the best in the nation. And, and talent is not the problem. They've got the talent. It's oh, just yeah. that these guys haven't played, and it's going to take time with yeah. Jake. Um, that's the only thing that I think might keep Notre Dame in the game in two weeks. Uh, but I, not not saying that I think Notre Dame's going to win that game because I don't because it's going to be yeah. in Georgia. But I, I think I think Georgia will be all right um, as the year goes on and those guys get more experience. Yeah, they'll, they'll certainly have some tests down the road, but they're in the SEC East, which is always going to be, a, you know, definitely not as tough as SEC West. Well, I mean, they pretty much only have to play Florida. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, clearly Tennessee is complete garbage. Any um, other teams that – any top teams that stuck out to you? I mean, Fields looked like the part in, in yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State, he – I mean, he came alive. I We talked about this. I got to give it to Jalen Hurts. And oh, man, we're going to talk about Jalen. I, I have – we have all hoped that he would go to Oklahoma and just do really great. I don't know if we expected him to do this good this early i didn't expect six touchdowns in week one i mean he set a record yeah it's the most for a starting quarterback i saw where nobody has thrown for what over 350 and rushed for 150 since johnny football yeah yeah that's crazy okay here's what i think and i'm not taking anything away from his performance because no matter what the system is or the scenario what he did is amazing but to say that he looks so much better than what he did, I watched it. I still think he looks the same. I just think it was Lincoln Riley for one, putting sure. him in a good yeah. position, and the fact that he their scheme, he, yeah, their scheme, and the fact that he didn't have he played Houston, and that he's going to continue to play teams with the 
athletic ability of Houston for the yeah. rest of the season. Yeah, and I, and I've always thought I I knew I I thought when he chose to go to Oklahoma that was a great spot to go. Yeah, because after this year he'll probably be a top draft pick because most of the defenses that they play are not very good. Right. You guys can debate me on this, but I already feel like the media's picks for who their favorites are, are already decided after week one. Oh, Jalen is, is the guy. For oh, Jalen yeah. is he's America. The story. Jalen is America's Heisman. Yeah, he's the story. And, and what everybody wants to see is him play Bama. That's what mm-hmm, everybody yep. wants to see happen. Mm-hmm. And then and then get, obviously lose by 50. Killed. Look, I'll, I'll tell you this. Nobody, <laughs> nobody other than Alabama and Clemson care about Alabama and Clemson anymore. No. Everybody loves Jalen Hurts. They're sick and of Everybody is starting to seemingly love Auburn. I really think that Auburn is getting well, some Auburn, love from the media. Auburn has gotten love for the media for the last few years because they want them to beat Bama. You know, last 2017 when they beat Georgia and then beat Bama those two straight weeks. I don't even necessarily think it's that. I mean, that's a part of it, but like – the, uh, it's Bo. The story yeah. of Bo Bo's is story. really starting to catch people. Yeah, they. I don't. I, if I had a nickel every time they mentioned Bo as a little boy dreaming about playing for the Auburn <laughs> yeah. Tigers, yeah. With the watching Cam Newton. Right, yeah, he was he, at the national like chip championship game. Going to be this season's Jalen Hurts from last year. Jalen was such a story of you know, keep your head up, always keep yeah. playing for the team. Your your dream well, will come true. And and now that's gotta, Bo. Like he's he, I mean he is an incredible kid. Like he's a, he comes from a great family. Patrick Nix, his dad was obviously a great quarterback at Auburn in the early nineties. He played at Hewitt Trustful, which is just an hour down the road from us, and won two state championships back to back his his junior and senior year as a starting quarterback. He was Mister Football in his senior year. He threw for over twelve thousand yards, set the state record for yards, set the state record for touchdowns. Uh, well, I thought it was hilarious, and I, I didn't even know it, but when he threw that first interception – or no, 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 it was when he got sacked. When he got sacked for the first time, they said, it's the first time he's been sacked since his junior year in high school. Golly. <laughs> that's like, crazy. That's – I mean, that which that's how good Hugh Trussell was. They won their state championship by like 50-some points. Mm-hmm. But his story is incredible. Like, Bo Nix coming in – I never really doubted that he was probably going to win the job. But after seeing him play, you can see why he won the job. Yeah. He stayed so poised throughout that entire game. Like towards the end of that, that two-minute drill when they ended up scoring that touchdown, the one – and Kirk Herbstreit pointed this out big time. He was like – it was when they were – I can't remember what it was. Something was going – it wasn't a timeout or anything, but they were trying to figure no, out No, it was when uh, – Bo ran for the first down and they were measuring. Oh, they were measuring the mark. Yeah. yeah, they were bringing the marker out to measure it. He was like yelling at his guys to get them mm-hmm. together. Like, And Kirk was saying, look at him. He is yelling at his He's senior offensive already lineman. a field general. Yeah, he is. I mean, he is literally what your prototypical quarterback should be. Yeah, He's I, a leader by I hate, far. I hate to say it. I hate to say all this stuff because it's still week one. Yeah, I mean, I hate for him to come out against – who did they play this week in Tulane? Tulane. Yeah. Well, we don't have to worry about the next two weeks. But, like, week four or week five, whenever we play A&M, you know, that'll be another another test. And I'd hate to – I'd hate for him just to suck it up. But uh, he's already got the it factor Yeah, from what well, it looks like. He's what did they um, – Reese Davis get calling him the debutante? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the perfect 
like i mean he really is like mm-hmm. he's he's kind of the golden child yeah and everybody wants him to be mm-hmm. the golden child so it, you, everybody wants like, him to see him succeed yeah i so i don't remember where i saw it might have been somewhere it was somewhere on social media but someone said if bo nix brings this auburn team to the playoffs whether we win or lose he will get a statue <laughs> if he brings this this team in 2019 to the playoffs and we at least win an sec championship or make well, it in he'll get a statue this is what i love he's a f- a true freshman we've got him for at least three years yeah, he's 18. I mean... And he loves Auburn so much, he might stay for his senior year. He might stay for his senior year. I mean, that's what I love. Like, you knew with Jarrett Stidham, even after the first year, you thought maybe he'll go. But then he ended up coming back, which was great. But then they they kind of failed. And then same thing with Nick Marshall. You thought he was going to go. He ended up coming back. Cam Newton obviously left after one year. So, you, we've never really had like a two- to three-, four-year starting quarterback I mean, like Jalen. I mean, Jalen's been at Alabama for – he was there for three years before he transferred. So, you need that kind of leadership and that kind of quarterback to stick around and know it, the system. It's it's crazy how it's worked out because this is – if Bo Nix doesn't exist, this is Gus Malzahn's last year at Auburn. And like Tim Tebow said the other day, Bo Nix was handcrafted by God for Gus Malzahn's <laughs> offense. <laughs> It's just it's well, lucky for Gus and it's lucky for Bo how there's it's no all come doubt, together. There is no doubt that Bo Nix will be Gus Malzahn's savior. There's yeah, no absolutely. doubt. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they could, as of right now, they could probably if they go like six and seven, yeah, he'll probably get fired. But if they go like eight and four, I think he's good. <laughs> yeah, eight and four, eight and four with a Joey Gatewood, he would be fired. Yeah, eight and four with Bo Nix, he'll be back. Yeah, well, because they're gonna say he did that with just a true freshman. True freshman. Yeah. Let him come back for another year. You but know, I was telling Jackson, like, I know we weren't planning on jumping ahead to Auburn or Bama, but we might as well since we're already kind of on Auburn. Uh, I was telling Jackson, like, I think if y'all are going to make a run, it needs to be this year just because you know you're losing Derek Brown. You know you're losing yep. Marlon Davidson. You know you're losing Nick Coe. You might – is a big cat. Would he come back be next gone. year? Yeah. I mean, you're big losing your whole gone. defensive line. Defensive line will be depleted after this year. And mm-hmm. a lot of – Because all of them came back yeah. for one last year. And – Derek Brown for sure <laughs> huh? came back for both. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, really. To be honest, Derek Brown for sure, but Marlon Davidson also could be looked at as two of your leaders on your whole team yeah. that you're losing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you want to make a push this year if you can, and you got the talent around you. You got Seth Williams, obviously, who we saw make the huge touchdown yep, play. And he's just a sophomore, got a yeah. veteran offensive line, and yeah. and I know he didn't get to play much, but Schwartz once he gets healthy, Anthony Schwartz get him back. Yeah. Um, I think even though he, he had a good game, I think running back is still an interesting spot. I mean, are, is is Whitlow going to end up being the guy all season? Whitlow will probably, as of right now, look like the number one guy. But uh, the running back situation makes me a little nervous. It's weird because any successful Auburn team has always had that standout at running yeah. back. Every well, last year was the first year that they didn't have a thousand yard rusher. Yeah, and well, like if you look at the 2017, 2017 season, carry on, carry on, Johnson. carry on. But yeah. you, all the games that we won, carry on had over a hundred yards. Yeah, and all the games that we lost, carry on had under a hundred yards. Well, he had like two hundred yards against Georgia. But but what I'm saying is, we need a running back to get at least you know he well, needs to have a good game, a hundred yards or more. Well, here's the difference with carry on. This is what. Nobody, I'm being honest, nobody is walking out there on the field being like, we got to take 
Whitlow out of this game. Yeah, yeah. People no. were we people schemed around Carry On, and yeah. Carry On was still having success against that scheme. You know what that did? That opened up Stidham in the passing yeah. game. That downfield pass game. You, you, Auburn's they offense. A, they got a lot of one-on-one matchups yeah. because of that. Auburn's offense revolves around the running game, and mm-hmm. it's all about need, the RPF. Yeah, you need. I don't know if it's going to be Whitlow. If it's going to be Shivers, Shivers is more of a change of pace guy. I don't think he's going to be that guy that's going to come out and put up 100 yards a he's game. A, he's, he's a big very, play. He's, he's a very big, small, he's a game but he's very fast. Yeah, he's like a McCaleb for y'all. He's a momentum shifter. I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, I know y'all still got Cam Martin. I don't really think that a lot of people think he's going to be the one that's going to take no, the spot. Cam kinda, seems like a uh, lesser version off. of Josh Jacobs to me. Yeah, But here's what kind of gets me excited is that who's their running back coach? That would be Cadillac, one Cadillac, Cadillac Williams. Yeah. So, I mean, that gives you at least a little bit of excitement saying, and okay, one of the best running backs in Auburn history is their running backs coach. Also, who was like one of uh, Jatarvius Whitlow's best friends last year carry on carry on yeah he's you can see in that game he is pattering himself off of carry on well and and you could see it in the third quarter specifically when auburn's offense started moving it was because the run game got established and even carry on said it last year i I remember he carry on did like this uh like q a thing on his instagram and somebody got in there and asked him uh, what do you think about the running back situation for it was last year, so it would have been – they was talking about this year. And he said, Jatarvius Willow might be better than me. Like, he re- – like, carry on really he's real sees – He's humble, but <laughs> true, he, true. he sees something in, in – in, uh, in I Booby. mean, they don't call him Booby for nothing. I mean, he's he's definitely a great running back. I think that they just got to figure out how to use him because it seemed like that they – is he going to be the bruiser, like the up-the-middle, north-and-south-style runner? Or are they going to run him you know, spread wide? Or are they going to run him it, on I think counters? I told, or? I told Dylan this I said when, yesterday when we were watching highlights. I said it looks like he's trying to be a an elusive power back. Yeah. He's, like tra- he's trying to be a, like a hybrid. Yeah. Which would be great if he could well, succeed at the that. The thing that should make him succeed is the fact that Bo Nix is a dual-threat quarterback. You know, that RPO. Yeah, maybe Bo can uh, step up for what Jatarvius can't do. Yeah, I mean, Bo, I mean, he had, what, 40, 43, 44 yards. I mean, mm-hmm. he had that big first – or, you know, that fourth down play where he got the first down in the fourth quarter. We had close to 200 yards on the ground. Yeah, I mean, that. I don't feel like that the rushing will be a problem. I just don't know if it's going to be as strong as it has been, you know, as Auburn's been running back you, you know, forever. So – but you, you kind of, like, I think about, and this is a long time ago, but I remember after Cadillac left, everybody was like, well, who's it going to be? Con- Ronnie Brown's gone. Cadillac's gone. Kenny Iron stepped up. You know what I mean? It's like you've got that mentality of there's going to be somebody step up. I feel like, and I hope so, that they run Anthony Schwartz on a bunch of jet sweeps this year. You know, they used to do that with Ontario McCaleb. They would line him up in a slot receiver, and they'd run him a jet sweep, and that joker was so fast he could get out on the edge – and get plenty of room. The head fold like a piece of paper when somebody have, hit him. But have Anthony line up behind Bo on a couple of plays. Have him take a handoff. Uh, I, I think that'd be that interesting. Look, we're we're talking about Gus Malzahn here. I'm sure he's got plenty of plays drawn up for Anthony. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he's got several well, tricks up his sleeve. And the thing that Gus has always done is he will hold back. He yeah. will not open up his entire playbook. He will absolutely hold some plays. 
I, I, I imagine he probably only used like a fifth of his playbook mm-hmm. Saturday night. Because he, and you remember he did that against Alabama yeah. a couple years ago. There was like two or three plays that he had held on to all year until he played Bama. And it was because that scheme fit so perfect against them. They were so used to seeing something on film over and over and over and over again. Jump past with carry on. They exploited it. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, Gus is still, he's still smart. He's still, a, he, he may not be an offensive guru anymore, but he's still pretty smart. I mean, he knows how to, you know, how to run an offense and how to, how to run plays and that well, kind of stuff. He's been doing so. it. He's been a head coach for seven years or six years. I would hope he knows how to do it by now. Yeah. So let's, uh, I guess, let's just go ahead and jump into the actual offering game itself. How did y'all feel about the game against Oregon? I tell you, it was a, uh, it was a fantastic game. I mean, it was the first quarter, well, really the first half. I was nervous because it kind of gave you that feeling again. It's like, oh, here we go again with offense. Like it's going to be another. Every it seemed like every drive just kind of stuttered. You know, I mean, Bo didn't start out good. I mean, he threw two interceptions in the first half. I mean, he was low percentage. You know, he he made some good throws. There was like two or three really good touch passes that he made that that you thought, okay, all right, here we go. It's starting to go, and then it would stutter out. And so I would get really frustrated again. But then our defense, our, our defense is is very good. Number one in the because nation. Oregon's offense is very good. I I feel like that they will score a crap ton of points this year. They've got the number one co- quarterback in the country. Yeah, Justin Herbert is good is <laughs> definitely not number one, but he is top five at least. He'll probably be the second quarterback in this year's draft. Yeah, yeah, he could potentially be number one. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, the NFL scouts will love uh, Justin Herbert way more than they will Tua. Well, I'll tell you that for sure. I, I was thinking Trevor Lawrence, but Trevor's not, well, Trevor's not this eligible this oh, year. Oh, that's true. He's got one more year. No. No. Look, here's the deal. Pro style. Get off on Tua versus uh, Justin, but there's not a single mock draft that has Justin going higher than Tua. Tua's mm-hmm. on, Tua is projected to go number one in, like, every mock draft. Yeah, I mean, if they went out and he has another stellar year, they'll probably take him number one. But – but, yeah, I mean, I, I I thought it was a great game. The second half clearly was, you know, obviously the best part when they finally come back, offense started clicking. And their defense, I mean, it they gave them so many opportunities. I mean, even in the first half, you know, there was the big um, – right off of that punt that they ran all the way down to, like, the what, the four-yard line. Yeah. Then the very next play they fumbled, Big Cat picks it up, takes it all the way down to, like, the three-yard line. They can't punch it in. Like, those are things that – and I, I'm hoping that those, those are, like, first-game jitters, like getting things out, like getting the kinks worked out. Throughout this year, when that happens, they've got to they've got to punch it in. Well, that was the problem last year. Their red zone offense was terrible. I would have loved to have seen on that uh, drive set up by Big Cat, I would have loved to have seen a running back touch the ball on See, those four what, plays. That's what I was, that was say. my problem. Play yeah. calling on that drive. Okay, so here's That was deal. all Gus. You call – you can call me old fashioned, but I think if you get inside the five and it's first down, if run you it don't, up the middle. If you don't run it two of your three plays, at, at least, least, I mean, you might as well just say we can't run the ball. First and yeah. second down. If you can't get three yards in two plays, at least, what's the point? I honestly feel like, because what I don't remember the the game plan for that drive. I don't remember what plays we ran. They ran but three I, pass plays. Yeah, well, that's what they I was. They ran the say. jet sweep. They ran the jet sweep. Stove, and then both fumbled. Both fumbled. 
And then the third was a where he rolled out. He tried to roll through out the pick. Yeah, he threw it in a lot of triple coverage. Yeah. I feel like uh, the game plan was to try and get Bo involved as much as possible. I feel like the whole game was centered around Bo. Like Gus wanted Bo to make the big plays and to do everything. Well, he threw it thirty-four times. Yeah, I feel like Gus really wanted Bo to get out there and get in the thick of it because he wants him to uh, exceed early and have him taste that feeling of that, success. That may or may not be true, but like you said, if it's third down, run the dang – or if it's first if it's and first goal on the three-yard line, run the daggum ball. Yeah, You've got – I mean, even if you run it four times. Four times to get three yards. Yeah, I mean, you've got a – your chances of getting those three yards are tremendous – and then if if you go on go for it on fourth down and you don't make it, you got them pinned back on the two or three yard line. That that was so frustrating to me, and that's been that was what was very frustrating last year. That when I saw that, I thought, oh, God, here we go again. But then they finally picked it up later on. But that touchdown pass at the very end was from like the thirty five yard line, so well, to, know, like they were in the red zone. To keep my uh, to keep up with my case for. Bo being the center of everything in the game plan, why did we throw it when we were in field goal range with nine seconds left? Why did we? Think I think he was trying to, to catch that? him off guard for one thing. I think that, and honestly, Seth Williams was open for just a second, but then he was, and I, I'm hoping that Bo did it on purpose. He underthrew him and gave. You I, know, I've looked at it. A hundred times. I think he put it in the perfect place. Oh, he did. I mean, there's no doubt because – Whether he did it intentionally It gave or not. Williams a chance to position up. Yeah. He got in front of That's that what you're DB. supposed to do with guys like Seth. Yeah, I mean, that happened to him earlier. That Oregon wide receiver that was in the end zone just standing there, which he was like 6'6", six, six, and our DB was like 5'9". He just got position on him. But that, well, that somebody- throw, if you watch the throw – he he didn't step into it. It was it wasn't necessarily off of his back foot, but there was no motion besides yeah. his arm. Well, if you ask, uh, I saw somebody ask Gus, you know, why didn't you just play it safe and go for the field goal? He said, well, he said when they snapped the ball, there was what like thirteen, fourteen, it was sixteen six, seconds 16 when they snapped. He said there were sixteen seconds left, no timeouts. And he said, but we kind of worked on that before in practice. He said. If we got the look, we won one on one. If it was one on one, yeah, yeah, throw it up. If yeah. they had double him teamed him, throw it out of the end zone. Yeah. We'll kick the field goal. Yeah. So they 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 saw it, it as a, a low risk yeah. situation, and if they scored the touchdown, which they did, then great. They don't have to worry about kicking the field yeah. goal. And then my question after they scored the touchdown, why didn't they go for two? Yeah. Did it matter? I mean, well, it was twenty six to twenty one at that point. You go for two and miss it. Okay, you're still up by five. You, they've at least got to score a touchdown. You make it, you're up by a touchdown, which makes them score a touchdown and kick the extra point. Like, there was – I don't know. I don't know why there – I don't know if Gus was thinking, well, they could pick it off, run it back, get two points. Now they're down by three. Maybe that was his thinking. I don't know. But Well, it's. Yeah, I think it's Kirk still – made that point too. Like, why not go for two? It's still all revolving around Bo. If you think about it, Bo is – just thrown the pass of his life to win the game for his favorite team, and he is on cloud nine. So is everybody. Everybody's on cloud nine. And you got momentum. You've got momentum. That causes that causes mess ups. But what's the worst when, that could happen? 
They drop well, an interception or a drop pass. And I don't know. I think it's just all about keeping the momentum because the last thing that Bo did in that game was throw the game-winning pass. He's off the field. He's, he was done for the day. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it just seemed like it was it was supposed to be that way because it just feels like it's all revolving around Bo, like just keeping up with his momentum, keeping make sh- make sure he always feels right. Make sure he doesn't get into some type of lull because that's the thing with freshman quarterbacks is when they get in a lull, they don't feel like they can get out of it because they've never done it before. Well, after that game, I don't feel like you'll ever have to worry about him not being confident or ever being you know, worried that he's going to get in a rut because, I mean, he was 13 for 33 or 13 for 32 or something like that, and he made two of the biggest pass plays, the one to Seth Williams on the out route when he stepped out of bounds, and then the, the touchdown. I told Jackson I thought the biggest play that he made was not because uh, the fourth even run. if it was an uh, intentional underthrow, that play was made by Seth. He went and got oh, the ball. absolutely. The biggest play Bo made was that run on fourth, fourth down, down because yeah. there was nobody open. And if he doesn't get that first down, it's ball game. Yeah, ball Jarrett Stidham throws that in double coverage. Yeah. I mean – Or gets stopped on or the gets, He's not making that. He's not going to make the run, down. yeah. Joey Gatewood's probably not making that. He's probably not fast He's enough. He's definitely to get there. not going to make the run, make the throw. Yeah. They a lot of people don't realize what kind of speed Bo has. Yeah. I mean, he's he was the number one dual threat quarterback in the ESPN 300 when he was when he was recruited last year. So I mean, he's got really good speed, and he's still like six four. I yeah. mean, he's still a big guy. Like everybody was talking about, oh, Joey should be the could potentially be the guy because he's six five. Well. Both six four, like there's not a big difference between size wise, but I do like the way that they use Joey. Yeah, the one play, hey buddy, go Hercules over that uh, or Superman over that offensive line right there. Mm-hmm. So here's yeah, what I that was thought. A good play call. Watching it as not an Auburn fan. Yeah, clearly me and Jackson are biased because we're both Auburn fans. So I I thought from what I saw that y'all's defense, if they stay healthy, is going to keep y'all in most games. Uh, because they did in this game. They they got beat early, but what was it like after the first quarter, the first half, uh, Oregon's uh, 11 of their 12 drives ended in punts or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. They, no, they, shut, shut, them, them they down shut them down in the second quarters, half. Quarters two, sure. three, and four. Yeah. Except for that one uh, drive at the beginning of the first half. Yeah. They, so, they, rushed, they had 12 rush yards the entire second half. So I think y'all's defense, like I said, if they stay healthy, will keep y'all in most games. Um I'm not sold on Oregon. I think that y'all will play much better teams as the year goes along. Um, I I think I think it's all going to fall on Bo. I think Bo, for you guys to make a championship run, will have to progress because I think that Oregon kind of showed a scheme that if you just get pressure on him, you got to get you, all you got to do is blitz him, and he's gonna he's gonna pull a Jalen and run out of the pocket and throw it away. Yeah, they made a point, and uh, I think maybe Kirk made a point in the broadcast, like he's got to learn he's not in high school anymore. Yeah. You know, in high school, he could make those plays and just run out of the pocket and make something happen. Like there comes a point where you just got to throw it away. Yeah. I mean, you ain't got nothing, throw it away, you know, live another day. I mean, it just he is did what that it right is. there. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he, and he did it a couple times, but there were several times where he kind of, you know, Johnny Manziel used to do that. He used to always try to extend the play. Always. And it worked for him a lot, but then when he would get in trouble with it, he would get in huge trouble with it. Johnny, man, Johnny was so good. I, I think the Texas A&M was willing to live with anything he did as far as if he made mistakes. I, I, 
I still don't think I've ever seen. Kyler was incredible last year, but just the wow factor that Johnny had, yeah. I could sit there. I remember sitting there when they in his last game when they played Duke in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. I was like, my gosh, this dude. I mean, one of the most exciting players to ever watch. And bust. Uh, and bust. Well, and bust. He was he was getting there, and then he had off field issues. Yeah, that's the problem. If he could uh, have just had the pure heart, if he could have had a pure heart of Bo Nix, he would have been the greatest. Too big to fit through his shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah. So in the end, I think Bo. I think Bo needs to take some steps forward uh, for y'all to make a championship run. Uh, oh, I mean, there's a lot of improvement that's going to have to happen, most certainly. I think your defense is there. I think they're they are championship. Well, ready. and the the surprising factor to me on the defense, I knew our defensive line would be good. Our secondary stepped up, and yeah. they're all new. Like our secondary is very young, so that that was, a, that, that was a that was a great sight to see. Now, what I will be interested to see, too, and I was telling Jackson, I didn't know this until I went back and watched. I didn't get to watch the whole game live, uh, and I went back and watched the whole game when I got home and watched the whole broadcast. I did not know that Oregon's top four or five wide receivers were out. So, yeah, yeah they, I will they be interested to guys. see. They're tied in. Their yeah. big-time tied in was out. Uh, which, I mean, when do you guys really play A&M? We don't really know how they are. We'll know A and M this week. Yeah, after this weekend, we'll that'll be a good gauge. Um, but I mean, after that, Florida. I'm not going to be bought on Florida until they. Prove Florida's going to have to prove a little bit more. Yeah, if they beat us, they because I don't think Miami's any something. good. But I think Miami's defense is trash. But Florida is that y'all's? Y'all go it's to A like, and M, don't you? We play. Now, uh, I know y'all go to Florida, but yeah. do y'all go to A and M this year? I think A and M's at home. I feel like A and M's at home. Are you positive? Yeah, a lot of their no, big A and M's on the road. I know odd years we play we play A and M this Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, we years. go to A and M. So A and M's y'all's first road test. Uh Florida A and M's a tough place to play. Florida down in the swamp. Yeah, 12th is, man. Is, is yeah. We got Mississippi State at home. We're at Florida. At Arkansas. At L S U at L S U. That's a man, that is a We're at home for Arkansas. Road game. Are we? No. We're huh. at Arkansas. I know for sure y'all end with Georgia and Bama at home. I yeah. That. So that's the, it kind of flips because we'll have Ole Miss at home, we'll have Georgia at home, Sanford, and then Auburn. I mean, uh, Alabama. So we'll, they'll have four straight. There's like a uh, with Texas A&M, Mississippi State's at home. So you've got three out of four games in October or September, October that are going to be away. Um, and then you've got one, two, three, four straight home games to end the season. Well, I, I feel like this is the last thing I'll say about Auburn. Um, there's still a whole season to play, and Auburn's story is always uh, improving over the season, uh, improve like over the course of the entire season. So once we get to the Iron Bowl – You're saying they always get better. Yeah, uh, in most, most years. Um, by the time we get to the Iron Bowl – this might be a completely different team, either way better or way worse. Well, my thing is where we all be standings wise once the Iron Bowl comes. I think this, this is what I thought when I saw y'all play. This team has the potential to be undefeated by the Iron Bowl. This team has the potential to have three losses by the Iron Bowl. But just because, not just because of the talent, but y'all's schedule is so brutal, man. 
going to and, it's and the toughest schedule in the nation. I'm I am I'm all in. I told Jackson this. I'm all in on LSU this year as far as thinking that they're finally legit. I think that they have a solid team and to have to go there at Death Valley. Yeah, Joe Burrow's finally looking like a real quarterback. Yeah. And you know they're gonna have good defense. Oh, of course. Uh no I mean you're gonna go down there. Possibility it'll be a night game. It'll be a night game. There's no doubt it'll be a night game. That's going to be tough, man. And and in a couple of weeks, when y'all go on the road to A and M, Bo's first. I mean, this game was not a home field. It was neutral. I mean, it's hard to say it was a, away from home, but right that game in that environment, his first road game in the SEC. We'll see, man. I don't know against the twelfth man. Yeah, that's a tough place to start your first away opening. It's an opening SEC game. And, and what we kind of talked about before, who knows. In 2017, y'all had two losses and was still in position to possibly make the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. So y'all, who if knows they how the would not, goes. if they would have beaten Georgia in the SEC championship, they would have been in the playoffs. We were what? number two when we played Georgia in the SEC championship. A two-loss yeah. team was number two behind Clemson because yeah, so, they beat two number ones back to back. So that's what's crazy. So say Bama and Georgia have one out by the time Auburn plays Georgia and then Auburn plays Bama. Say Auburn lost to LSU. No, so let's say Auburn beats LSU, and let's say that they lose to A&M and they lose to Florida. So they've got two losses, but they've beaten LSU, Georgia, Bama. That's going to be hard, and they win the SEC championship probably to Georgia again. You're saying that they're that how many losses by then? Two, but they beat LSU, Georgia twice, and Bama. That'd be tough. That'd be five. tough to keep them out, man. That'd be top yeah. three. Uh, I mean, but again, especially if Bama's number two, Georgia's number three or four. You know, LSU's number six, number five. The controversy would be if you have a team like Washington that happens to go undefeated and it's an undefeated Washington Pac-12 champion against a two-loss Auburn team. Yeah. That would be interesting. We got uh, we got 12 weeks to think about that. Yeah. It's so, fun. That's that's what I love about the, the playoff is that those are legitimate concerns right now. Right. <laughs> that's the thing is like – you still – some of these teams are still in a mode like Washington, like, we got to win out. Like, yeah. we got to win every game. Well, that's what's great about football. Every every game matters. Yeah. It's not like the NBA or where you can Major lose 15 to or 30 NFL. games. NFL, as long as you make the playoffs, that's yeah. all that really matters. Uh, I.e. Eli Manning's Giants, yeah. 2008. And then when they won again They won 12. the Super Bowl against the undefeated Patriots, and they were 9-7. and seven. Yeah. Um, so – Let's uh let's switch to Bama. I'll let y'all give your thoughts first. Yeah, we, I'm a we, Bama fan. We're we're rushing up on like an hour and a little over an hour, so we'll we won't spend a whole lot of time with Bama just because they play Duke. But I'll say I was I mean I was never concerned, but that had to be like the first time Bama hadn't scored in the first quarter in a long time. Um, we the SEC championship game that was the last score. time. But besides that, I think that was the only game all season. The SEC championship game yeah. was the only. So yeah. So there was some mistakes. I mean, there was definitely some. There was a couple fumbles. There were some, you know. We had a fumble, but sure. your two best running backs were not playing. Yeah. And as soon as they come in, it was over. Like <laughs> Najee Harris come in, like one of the first plays he ran was like a fifteen yard, twenty yard run. I mean, yeah. after that point, it was like, all right, well, all right, this is this is one of their starters. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're. They're where they always are. I mean, they're they're going to be favored in every single game that they play for the rest of the year. I mean, that's just the way they are. Um, I sent y'all that link today. That new HBO special is coming out with the the art of coaching with yep. Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. 
very interested in seeing that. They've already labeled them as the greatest. I mean, Belichick is definitely the greatest in the NFL, but they've labeled Saban as the greatest in college football. So that's a, maybe another podcast episode. But I think that Bama is just just where they where they normally are. I mean, where there's they, nothing to debate on that podcast <laughs> if we're talking about greatest of all time in college football. Yeah, Nick is the greatest. Um, yeah, I won't spend too much time. Uh, from an Alabama fan's perspective, I thought that I wasn't ever concerned just because we did have uh, four guys, four of our main guys suspended for the first uh, quarter, and then is it true that they were suspended for missing movie night? I don't know. It's I not, hope that's, that's, true. that's I really want that's that to be true. That's what people say. I want that to it be was, true. It was just said a team function. It was like, what we're talking about, Nick Saban's like playing Citizen Kane. <laughs> it was like his favorite movie <laughs> yeah. ever. What they had now like, you missed our movie night. <laughs> you were done. Uh, what's funny. For the first quarter. Um, and I think he kind of did that to make a statement because he said a lot that last year's team, and we had players on the team, like he would never point anybody out, but Mac Wilson, for example, we had issues last year with players that were more concerned with themselves and their draft status and posting yeah. on social media after we won the game. Was that when he made the big stink about uh, guys getting rated in their draft <laughs> classes so early? That was kind of – and he kind of called out – which he didn't really mean to call him out, but he kind of pointed out Ronnie Harrison who yeah. went out a couple years ago. But, but I think he did that to make a statement like it's going to be different this year, you know. And so – and apparently, I didn't know this until they announced it in the game. That sus- that suspension happened early in camp. Like it just ju- it just happened to break. They just late. happened. They just so found they out. knew about it. Um, what was crazy is that we, yeah we lost Najee and we lost Brian Robinson, our top two running backs, and then Trey Sanders, our freshman phenom, got hurt in camp and he's out for the season. So our four string running back was playing. Yeah, so, and then on the opposite side of the ball, Dylan Moses. Yeah, RIP. Oh, man, that sucks. I mean, I know he'll be fine and he'll be a top draft pick next year anyway, but he's one of the – he was probably going to be one of the top defensive backs in the nation. And Well, he, he won the Buckets last year, yeah. the middle linebacker spot, and he probably was going to win it again this year. Yeah. Um, you hate to lose him, and like Saban said, you can't replace a guy like that, but I, I was really impressed. We started two true freshmen, not red number, shirt freshmen. What's that number 24? That's Terrell Lewis. That's Terrell Lewis. Yeah, he's been there. Is that the one they call Thor? I don't know. There's one guy that they call Thor, and he may be a freshman, this new guy that they were talking about. They were saying that he's probably going to take – potentially take Dylan Moses' spot. It must not be, must not be Terrell because Terrell's known for not being hurt. Yeah, Terrell, Terrell's been there. Terrell – I'll give you a quick story about Terrell. Last year in the spring – uh, at the end of the spring uh, camp, all the coaches get together and they rate the players like one yeah. through eighty-two or whatever. Terrell unanimously was rated number one over Tua over everybody. He he's just not been able to on the field because of injuries. Hurt. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was good to see him back. I was really impressed though with our two true freshman middle linebackers. I thought they both yeah they well. played very good. Um, I mean, Shane Lee number thirty-five is a great run stopper. Um, Shane Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Do y'all, know, do y'all remember that guy on YouTube? His name is Shane Lee. Mm-mm. Shane sings five octaves. No. <laughs> Different Andy were here, they would know that. <laughs> uh, we'll look it up later. Uh, I don't think they really were challenged in the past game because Duke is, you know, trash. Right. But, I I mean, I thought we looked good. Um, I thought we looked pretty focused and intense. And Tua was Tua. I think, I think what's crazy, what I was telling you guys, and Jackson kind of mentioned it, was that the the hype train is so big around Jalen right now, and even the story of Bo 
that Tua and Trevor are just kind of getting overlooked. Some of the pressure has kind of been taken off of them, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that they are they can just kind of go play and do what they do, put up their stats, and then at the end of the year, numbers will kind of tell the truth. Tua, I think, was 26 of 31 for 335 That dude is yards. so – like, he's always so accurate. Yeah. Like, he's his percentage, his QBR is always so high. He's always got like a 75-plus percent completion rate. Like, that's the thing that makes Tua so good is that he does not miss, like, that play right there. He does not miss those little out patterns, those little quick outs, the little dump passes. He's not afraid to to find those small routes that need to that are just positive yards. Like it's, and uh, I think that Steve Sarkeesian made it known that we're getting Jerry Judy the ball this year. Like he oh, got a lot last no year, doubt. but he had ten catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Like this dude is just as good as Devonte Smith is, as good as Henry Ruggs is, as good as Jalen Waddle is. Jerry Judy is a beast. Yeah, he's, he's gonna get the ball. Numero uno. Yeah, Jerry's the best wide receiver at Alabama since Julio. Uh, it's Amari. tough, man. Amari, I don't know, man. Uh, I Jerry think he, is for already sure. showing things. Though. He's definitely up there, top five. He's past Calvin. I think he's past Calvin. Yeah. Uh, he's it, Julio. The thing with Julio that's so different than everybody else we've had is size. It's just gigantic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They even asked Nick who some of his favorite receivers were, and he listed Amari right there just because he said we've never had a more dynamic player. That Amari. was the thing about Amari. I mean, he was not your – your standard size wide receiver like yeah. that's kind of the 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 way that their receiver core has been for the last several years is like a six foot smaller, is about as tall as our receivers get. yeah but they're extremely fast they're extremely agile they're just playmakers they uh, know how to get open here's the difference in jerry and amari for one amari his last year they had such a big year had blake sims thrown in the ball <laughs> two these these teams can't double team Jerry. If they double team Jerry, they're just going to leave Henry one of Ruggs our other receivers or, yeah. open. So he's got the advantage. Amari, yeah. everybody knew the ball was going to Amari, but yeah. it didn't matter. That's so, true. Not to say he's not better. Same thing I with Julio. Know. I mean, Julio was yeah. their primary receiver, and he still made plays in triple coverage. Yeah, because he was just a massive man. Jerry, not in any way uh, matching like the status or like um, attitude of, but he looks like a. Like a young Odell. Well, that's what um, – I don't remember who it was. It was in an article, or it might have been on Instagram, like an NFL scout compared him. Like his NFL comparison was Odell. Yeah, you can definitely see it. Um, but, no, Tua, I was glad to see – what I'm glad to see is that he's finally healthy. He doesn't have the knee issue anymore. He was the actually, ankle. Yeah, he was able to he's make some – He's got a bionic ankle now. Yeah. He was that able thing to will make never some, break. He was able to make some run plays and some, some really nice escapes to uh, – and how cool is it that his brother is there now? Yeah, that's, awesome. I, that's that's one of the coolest things to me. Like, and just to see him like so excited, even though it was a handoff for a touchdown, he was so his excited first play for, him. for a touchdown. Yeah, like he was just incredibly excited. Like, that's such a rare thing to be a superstar for one thing, but then your little brother, who could potentially be another superstar, yeah, is right there behind you. Yeah, and that's that's really cool. And we'll we'll be there for at least a few years. Um. But no, as far as Bama goes, I I think we're, I mean I think we'll be just as fine as we have been. Um, yeah, that's a bad man right there. The thing is, is Lewis twenty four. Oh yeah, the thing is just that <laughs> we really don't have a tough game until 
October, the middle of October. Yeah. We you got a pretty we crazy a, schedule. For we a had while. the road game against South Carolina that people didn't know about, but then South Carolina just, just lost North Carolina, <laughs> and they lost their quarterback. Yeah. They're still gonna they're gonna play a true freshman. So. They're gonna get destroyed. So I don't know. Uh, Texas, we play. Uh, so we play South Carolina, and then we play Kent State, and then yeah. we play Ole Miss, and then may, uh, we play A and M at some point in October. Yeah. Uh, we we draw ten. We always get Tennessee from the east. That's our Georgia. Like y'all, there's trash. always that one team that everybody plays from the east every year, and yeah. Tennessee is ours. Uh, Complete trash. We get LSU at home. That'd, um, be, that'd be a good guy. Mississippi State is on the road. Yeah. I don't know about them. I mean, they they got that quarterback that they say is so good. I'm not sure about transfer. them yet. Yeah, uh, they're always sure that team, man. They're always that. You never know. Yeah, and they they're they're gonna play Who? tough. They're gonna play good. They always play Bama very tough. Yeah, they're that one team that plays Bama so tough every yeah. year. Um, we obviously know Ole Miss is not going to be a problem. No. Arkansas is not going to be a problem. No. Tennessee is not going to be a problem. No. So, A&M, we go on the road to A&M. That could be a good game. LSU, usually always a good game. Mississippi State, we don't know yet. And then, obviously, the Iron Bowl. So, we've yeah. got four games on our schedule, pretty much, that's going to be something. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting year. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode about week one? Looking ahead. Uh, War Eagle, um, Andy Burcham. Did an absolutely fantastic yeah. job. I didn't mention it, but I didn't watch the game. Um, I listened to it on the radio. Uh, first game without Rod Bramblett. Andy Burcham did an absolutely fantastic job. Yeah, and I thought that the ESPN um, did a really good job uh, spotlighting that whole situation. I didn't get to see it. It was a, it was great. I, I thought wish it was I really, did. really good. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and make some predictions on the two big games next week. Let's start with the uh, 2.30 game, which is Texas A&M at Clemson. Uh, thoughts and score prediction. Uh, I think Clemson will win, but I think it'll be close, but I think that they will pull away late and win by 14. So score? What's score 34 to 21, so 13. Okay. Jackson? Uh, I think Texas A&M has a chip on their shoulder and will go in to Clemson and win. <laughs> wow. Oh man. What's your score prediction? Um cuz we're going to we're going to look at look back at these next week. We 35 dollars a prediction on here, bro. 35. <laughs> Are you all ready for this? I'm ready. 35 to 14. No, no way. No way. Right, he's just he's just no way. he's just doing too much now. Okay, maybe I'm teasing a little bit, but when it happens, I'm going to I'm going to own it. All right, this is what I think. I do think they're going to win though, for real. Um Texas A&M's defense is still not great. Um, not so enough to stop ETN or Trevor Lawrence. I do like Kellen Mond. If this game was in a and I might, I might would lean A&M. But since it's in Clemson, that's I, my, I think that's it's. My thing. I think it's going to. I don't think they're going to pull away. I think it's going to be close to the end. But I do think that Clemson will win. Last possession winner. Could be, or it could be. I think Kellen Mond has always been turnover prone. I think he might make a crucial turnover. And they might could have a chance to win the game, and, and then he turns it. it over. So, but I also don't think it's going to be super high score. I mean, not super high scoring. I'm going to say uh, 27 to 23. Hmm. Wow. Clemson. Okay. What was the other? And the other game, game is LSU at Texas. Uh, uh, LSU by a lot. Yeah, I think LSU is going to win big. Yeah. Yeah. I say LSU like. I'm going like 38-10. I don't yeah. think they're going. Yeah. I think their defense is legit. Yeah. I don't think they're going to let them score. I don't think Texas is going to score very much. I I, I kind of right in line. With, I would say 34-10. And I think it's going to be like it might even be close at half, but then they're just going to come out in the second half and just lay it on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you have a, a score prediction for that one? 
just right with you guys, like 35-10, 35-7, uh, something like that. Tulane going to give Auburn a run this week, home opener? Uh, it'll be tough for the first uh, like minute and a half that Auburn <laughs> doesn't have the ball. So when it's 0-0. Zero zero. It'll be a close game until they kick it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Georgia and Notre Dame play? That's next That's week. Next, That's the week. following week. Yeah. We'll do a prediction on that next week. Yep. All right. Well, that was. Uh, we'll wrap this up, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Hopefully, Peace. we'll be back next week. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we might take another four week. Hiatus. We'll take another hiatus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. Good luck. See ya. Roll